You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Welcome to this special podcast under the title, Building Civility. Uh, This podcast is uh, a short response of what writing the book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, when I was writing that book, what the process did for me and the nuggets of what I learned writing the book. It's my hope and prayer that uh, if civility is an issue for you, uh, where you think you can grow in civility, uh, become a more respectful person, if you'd like to be part of the solution in our world of incivility in this time in which we live, if you want to be a better person to the people with whom you have contact every day, uh, that you'll get the book, uh, Restoring Civility, and that it will bless you as writing it blessed me. So, let's get started. I want to begin way back in the Old Testament, a couple of guys that got a book written in the Old Testament, Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, They ended up as partners in a building project, and uh, Nehemiah was uh, directed toward building a wall, restoring the wall that had been uh, torn down. And, uh, And so he started this project, but as you look at his writings in the uh, the book of Nehemiah, uh, you discover that he's not just the builder of a wall, he is the builder of people, which sends a signal to you and to me and to every person who wants to make this a better world, uh, a better life for those in our field of experience, those people that we are exposed to in our everyday life. So Nehemiah was a builder of people because, honestly, he was a leader. And that's what leaders really do. It doesn't matter what's your work, what's your goal, what's your vision. What really matters is that in the process, you're building people. So Nehemiah and all effective leaders basically operate with what might be called a vocational holiness. And that's where Jesus makes a huge difference in our lives. And the more we learn about what Jesus says about civility, the more impact we have for good among others. So, the focus is on this book, Restoring Civility. Because civility restores not just our character, but the national character, the character of the nation, the character of our social network, the character of our world. It's a building process, one person at a time. The word civility is the idea of respect. It's the root word for civilian, civilization. If you are civil, you're civilized. And if not, well, that puts you in the category 
of uncivilized. The word civility means respect, but connected to that very closely is the word polite. And with a little research, I discovered, to my surprise, that the word polite is the root word for politics and politicians. That means, by definition, if you are in politics or if you are a politician, you are, by definition, to be polite. Yeah, we got a little growth there somewhere, huh? Now, if you act with civility, you are civilized. So, let me tell you a story about what I experienced in an airport, large airport, uh, one day as I was waiting for a, an airplane to take me across the country to consult a church, which is what I do. I help Christians and churches become more effective for reaching other people for Jesus, something really needed these days. And so, I was in this airport, and the gate attendant, attendant came to the uh, the desk and announced to all the people waiting there that there was a mechanical problem with the plane and that we would be delayed and it would probably be one hour. And you could hear the moans and groans. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why does anybody want to fly at several thousand feet in the air with a broken plane? I mean, let's wait. A man went up to the counter, and I observed this very closely because I was nearby, and he ripped into that gate agent. I mean, he really let her have it, like she caused the mechanical failure or what? I don't know. But I watched this lady, this gate agent, and she remained so calm. It was amazing. And after a while, the guy went and sat down and grumbled to himself, I guess. And I went up to that lady at the counter, and I said, Ma'am, how do you do it? How how do you handle a situation like that with all that calm and professionalism? And she said, well, sir, I'll tell you a little secret. I'm in control. I know I'm in control, and I take control. That man, he's going to San Francisco, but I'll tell you this, his bags are going to Tokyo. <laughs> I love that story. Now, we laugh, but disrespect from either direction really isn't civility. And anytime there's disrespect, it eats away at the vitality of our nation. And by the way, she was only joking. <laughs> well, our nation, our world, has been in tumultuous times. I don't know, maybe it's always been this way. We just get more news. I don't know. But it's just wearing. And as I share this podcast, in this moment of time, just in the last few months, there have been hurricanes in the south and fires in the west and cities with disruption and murders and, and uh, uh, demonstrations and destruction of property. Uh, Congress has been in a gridlock for longer than most of us can remember. Uh, we just finished a contentious election. Uh, the Supreme Court uh, is a, a power source, but uh, is undergoing changes as one party over the other tries to manipulate the future. And as I share this, we are about 
10 months into the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic, which is worldwide and killing millions. Beyond that, it doesn't help, but we have in so many areas so much disrespect and disruption. And uh, frankly, I clearly understand, personally, I can't do much about it. What about you? So, do you ever feel like you're a boat floating on a sea of disrespect and disruption? Let me tell you something. No matter how rough the water gets, it can't sink you. Unless, of course, you let that water into your boat, into your life. At the end of the day, my friend, it's always your choice. If you choose to take control. You see, one person, one person at a time, can make a big difference. You can make a big difference. So, as I began to speak to groups after Restoring Civility book came out, I uh, I noticed that during that same time, police officers came under severe criticism. And uh, some of it is real. There are bad actors in every profession. But if you stop and think about it, you can't generalize for everybody. That's another form of racism. And uh, the majority of people really are good, do the job well in, in any area of life, and they mean well. So thinking about civility and writing the book, and seeing people that have read the book and have been helped so much by it, I just, I just decided during this process that if I saw a police officer at the airport or anywhere, I was just going to say to them, thank you for your service. Be safe. I'm praying for your safety. And you know, <laughs> I've had some really interesting responses. And it proves that you can make a difference in other people's lives, even if you don't even know their names, just in a casual conversation. But there's much, much more, because my motive for doing this podcast is much greater than you making a difference in other people's lives and improving your civility, because what I want to prove to you is that you by practicing civility, you will become different in a positive way. It will affect your attitude. It will improve your life. You know, an effective life requires more than do's and don'ts. You just can't make enough laws, rules, and regulations. Think about this. Parents work really hard at disliping their kids. At least good parents do, right? So when children are teenagers, however, 
and they get the keys of the car, parents can't possibly make a rule for every potential hurtful scenario. And so there needs to be some other mechanism than trying to dream up a law or a rule or a regulation for every possible scenario. Well, civility, respect, as a part of our lives, requires a multifaceted compass. This is what I discovered as I really sorted through this issue of respect. Because, you see, if you have a compass, you can find direction no matter what the issue is, the challenge, the temptation. The compass needle always points to integrity, respect, civility, and dignity. And to be honest, these are all traits that are unique to human beings. And when you drift to those traits and you drift away from them, you are somewhat less than human. You see, civility is a marker of our human DNA. Civility is a central issue. Respect is a lifelong work in progress. I don't care where you are in life, young or old, no matter what you do or can't do, you're a work in progress. You can grow in respect. So, researching and writing the book Civility uh, impacted and empowered my life in many ways. And I continue to hear from those who have read the book that they have experienced the same thing. And you know, that really, really pleases me. I'm thankful because it was a tough work. It was almost like I was wrestling with some kind of force that was keeping me from writing the book. Maybe that's a reason that identifies the power of the book. I don't know. Here's another personal example from my life, though. As a church doctor, as a consultant to churches, I travel a lot, domestically and internationally. And then came along 9-11. And I discovered that in airports, I had to go through security. And honestly, I had a bad attitude. It was just one more hurdle of life, one more stress that goes along with traveling. And uh, I hate to admit it, but it was uh, it, it was wearing on me. Now, it was just one more disruption disruption to life. But but I never complained out loud. I, I was never nasty to those people in security. I never demonstrated my bad attitude. I just looked at airport security as one more complication added to life. However, during my process of re research and, and writing the civility book, it occurred to me that my bad attitude was not helping me. So I decided 
that when I came in contact with a security officer on my way through, I would say, thank you for keeping us safe. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine. I, I, I just unbelievable how many of those people who work in security responded by saying, thank you. We don't hear that very much. Or they would say, oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. It, it was amazing how it hit a nerve. I don't think these people get much respect. And the truth is, they're there to keep us safe. So, did I make a difference to those security officers? Yeah, I think so, a little. But... That's not my point at all. My real point to you today, right now, personally, is that practicing civility changed me. Now, and this is the absolute truth, I can't wait to go through security. I can't explain it, but my change of attitude changed my attitude. <laughs> It changed my direction. It changed my posture. It, it 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 made me better doing the right thing. And I think it will work for you too. Not just at security, but whatever area of your life where you can improve. You see, here's the issue. Civility is contagious. Changing my attitude changed my behavior. My behavior changed me. It's a ripple effect. And it has encouraged hundreds who serve in airport security to keep us all safe. I want you to think about this real hard. And I hope, I pray, you will join me in launching your own civility movement in every aspect of life. Go to the website on civility, restoring civility. There are some tools, free downloads that will help you along the way. So back to this pandemic that is a part of life, at least as I record this. Hopefully a vaccine will be around the corner. But in the disruption of this pandemic, I want you to know people are really receptive to civility. They are really hungry for respect. So let me tell you something. If in the busy sprint of life, you forget the basics, misplace your foundation, lose sight of your core, or wander from what makes you great, take out a penny, the most fundamental element of the currency that reflects our crystallized sweat money. And look at the front of that penny. You will see the caricature of President Lincoln. That, my friend, is your heritage. Look at the top. It says, in God we trust. That is your source of hope. Look to the left. It says, Liberty, that is your gift.
Then look at the back of that penny. It begins with the word united. And that requires civility. The only way that a nation can be united and not fall is not a law, not another rule, but personal respect, civility. Because when a nation moves in the direction of disrespect, regardless of all of our technological advances, it is becoming uncivilized. The mighty Roman Empire was never conquered. It conquered itself. It imploded from civil dry rot. And by the way, Rome has never, ever recovered. I know I've been there several times. When any group of people behave without respect for others, they contribute to the fall of humanity. You know, as a preacher and a church consultant, I've spent my life in the Bible, focusing on Jesus Christ and the issues of civility. Even I was amazed and surprised after a lifetime of Bible study. As I researched the scripture from this perspective, I was amazed at how relevant Jesus' teaching is for issues of respect for the human family. Talk about civility. What was it Jesus said while he was dying on the cross? Father, forgive them. Wow. You see, there are hundreds of practical issues covered in the civility book, but I can't cover them all in a 30-minute podcast. We don't have time for most of them, but one of the prevalent issues today is the misuse of emails. I just want to talk about that a little bit. So often people get angry but with somebody and they send a scathing email. Now, emails are great for unemotional, basic content. However, they are not helpful for sensitive or emotional issues. Do you know why? First of all, an email is not a conversation. It's an electronic dump. There's no tone of voice, no body language, no conversation. Worse yet, many people lash out to somebody in an email, and then they copy all their friends. Now, you've developed a movement of disruption, something our world absolutely doesn't need. You know, it may be that humans are smart enough to invent emails, but not wise enough to use them. Think about it. I'd like to say a word about humility. There's an old saying that humility is a strange thing. The minute you're sure you've got it, you've lost it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's humility. You know, in our society, truthfully, for many people, humility sounds counterintuitive. But here's a great secret about character and leadership. Humility is the power for positive influence. Good, humble leaders know life is not about me, 
It's about team. That's what Nehemiah in the Old Testament and his buddy Ezra, that's what they showed. Ezra needed Nehemiah. Nehemiah needed Ezra. The lesson is that after all, we are family. We are all family. We as a nation chose to be called the United States. Then maybe we should act like it. You know, Winston Churchill said something insightful in his last speech in the House of Commons. You know, for much of his life, Churchill was not known for his humility. But toward the end, I think he learned some lessons, maybe the hard way, when he lost his last election. In March 1955, he shared these words with the House of Commons. And it's very different from his previous character. He said, The day may dawn when fair play, love for one's fellow men, respect for justice and freedom, will enable tormented generations to march forth triumphant from the hideous epoch in which we have to dwell. Meanwhile, never flinch, never weary, never despair. That's a word for today. I want to share a parable with you. I made this parable up, but it makes a lot of sense. I played football in high school. If you've ever been on a sports team of any kind where it includes several different players, then you're going to probably understand this. I'll just reflect about football. You see, a football consists of athletes who have diverse roles. Some are on offense. Others play defense. A few are kickers. Some are guards. Others are tackles. And some are running backs. And the point is, is that diversity wins. Maybe we ought to accept that. Maybe we ought to celebrate that. Back to football. But diversity isn't everything because the team, the football team, must also be unified. Which direction are we going to go down the field? You see, they share a commitment to follow their assignments as the plays are called by the coach. They agree to begin their assignment when the ball is snapped. They agree to continue their assignment until the whistle blows. They are united in their diversity. A football team is doomed for failure without respect. That includes the respect for the diversity. However, it also requires respect for the coaches, the quarterback, and the rules of the game. Without respect, there is no team. Without respect, they lose. You see, whoever you are, whatever you do, you are a cultural architect. You shape others. You shape culture. You are on a mission. You are a dealer in hope. You shape history. You are an ambassador to the people of your land and more to the world. 
The future, my friend, is at stake. Lives are at stake. Because if you don't help stop the shooters, somebody dies. If you don't clean up the drugs, somebody dies. If you don't report and promote, if you don't promote respect, your nation dies. If you don't infuse your children with civility, they get lost. They lose. You lose. We all lose. The world loses. I want to close with some lines about civility that are in the introduction to the book Restoring Civility. The source of civility is spiritual. The result of civility is character. The nature of civility is servanthood. The purpose of civility is preservation. The motive of civility is love. The measure of civility is sacrifice. The power of civility is forgiveness. The authority of civility is submission. The privilege of civility is honor. The strength of civility is humility. And the foundation of civility is Jesus Christ. Where you sow civility, you harvest harmony. Where you invest in harmony, you experience community. Where you build community, you enjoy progress. Progress is not automatic. It is a sacred trust given by your Creator. My prayer is that this podcast and the book, Civility, will help you grow in every dimension of respect. The future of our civilization depends on it. God bless you. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, available at Amazon.com.